0: Hey, thanks for checking out this sermon. It's designed to help you take your next step with Jesus. And if you haven't been able to make it to one of our campuses and participate in the time of giving, you could do so online through our website or by texting to give so that you can continue to participate in the mission that God has given us. We hope that God speaks to you through this sermon.
1: So 20 years ago, I prayed that God will show me his purpose for my life and my whole world changed.
0: My life was filled with fear and anxiety, and then I met Jesus.
1: I was saddled with insecurity, and Jesus rescued me. I was battling with fear. Jesus told me to trust Him, and I did. I took Him at His word. I was filled with insecurity, and then I met Jesus, and He changed everything. Before I met Jesus, I was bullied and I had all these walls built up, and then
0: Jesus came into my heart, and it changed everything. The world was just me, there was nothing else around me. Then I met Jesus and he changed my life. My name is
1: Anthony. Uh, The way he changed my life uh, has been profound. Um, I was uh, broken, uh, lost everything. Uh, I've known about him all my life, but I'd never found faith. And then I lost my family, my life in a day and uh, found this church not too long after that, and ever since then, he's been in my life every day that I wake up. I, I've been baptized, I've given myself to him, and every day I tell him that I give my will to him, and I have been blessed in all of it. And uh, it's been a, a beautiful trial. And through finding him, I've been blessed with uh, my family. I, I, It's mending, it's not perfect, but there's mending there, and there's hope, and I'm able to see the kids, and uh, he blessed me with a miracle I didn't expect. I found a brotherhood, a fellowship, and I was blessed with a vehicle when I had nothing, and it was just given to me for just out of kindness. So many things to list. I mean, this church has offered me so much. I'm in need, they're there. and it's, it's growing, it's continuing, and every day I look forward to the miracle continuing and of being service, which I've been able to do now, and it's just been amazing. And I, I'm, I'm blessed, I'm truly blessed. I couldn't imagine my life without God, without Jesus, without this church. I'm being reborn and renewed every day, and I'm grateful for it every day of my life.
0: Hey, hey, it's good to see you today. Happy Easter. Uh, those of you joining us in the uh, event center, uh, our student center, what do we call that place now? Student center, uh, the family venue, the courtyard, parchments, wherever you are, settle in and let's celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, which changes everything. Changes how we live here and now. It changes everything after we die. It even changes our wardrobe on Easter where we decide to... <laughs> look like a pastor on Easter. Well, my, mom, my mom's watching, okay? I had to. Today, Christians all over the world are celebrating Easter. You know, Christians, we fight a lot. We got so many denominations and everything. And uh, But on Easter, we all just put it away. And in every time zone all over the world, we celebrate the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. He died on a Friday and was alive again on a Sunday. His death was part of his plan to take uh, the sins of the world on his shoulders, and then pay the penalty for those sins so we wouldn't have to, and his return from death on Sunday proved that it worked, and uh, had he not returned, I couldn't promise you the forgiveness of sin. I couldn't promise you eternal life. Uh, we would only have to wait until he died to to see if he returned, but he returned, and his, his return was such a public event that no one questioned The resurrection of Christ until all those people who witnessed it had passed away, all their children had passed away, and all their grandchildren had passed away, and finally somebody stepped up and said, well, I don't know if it really happened, Uh, but until then it was like you couldn't argue with all these people. Uh, Many of them went to their deaths uh, refusing to recant uh, the, the actual fact of the historical resurrection of Christ, and Easter is our celebration of Christ's victory on that day when he came out of the tomb. So it's great to be with you today. Last Sunday, I was in Florida, uh, a little bit different service we were having then. Uh, and let me just tell you, it was kind of a roller coaster week for me. That, that Monday, the Madsen uh, family brought in uh, grandchild number five, uh, little, little Johnny Phoenix Madsen there in Oakland, a little huge five pounds, 15 ounces. Uh, he's just a big guy, you know? Uh, and just so amazing. That was Monday, then Tuesday morning before dawn, my Uber driver was there to take me to the airport where I flew to Florida to hang out with Dad and Mom. And uh, their new normal has changed again. Uh, Dad is living now in a memory, memory care facility, and Mom is in her own little apartment. And as cute as that apartment is, she'd rather be with him. But this is the new normal, and this is what they have to Uh, do now and so every day mom's with dad and every night she goes home and so I went and spent a week in that routine with them on Sunday we decided uh, to give him a break from the the food there in the lunchroom Uh, and so we I took him a gourmet meal his favorite fast food Wendy's cheeseburger fries and a Diet Coke and uh, we sat there around my laptop in the private family dining room munching on our burgers and fries I'm watching Billy explain the death of Christ, and it was interesting because he talked about death the whole time, and it's such a powerful sermon, but when you're sitting in a memory care unit, it feels different. Uh, I had spent all week uh, pushing my dad's wheelchair up and down these halls and talking to all of his, um, the folks who live there with him. Uh, and, you know, he, he's in a beautiful place. He has a large private room with all, decorated with all his stuff, uh, his John Elway signed football, his favorite cap from Alcatraz, um, his picture of his mom uh, on a camel in front of the pyramids that he took with his old Instamatic. Uh, he's got everything there, uh, but life is really... Um, well, it's not easy for him now, and it's really not easy for any of the folks there. A few rooms down the hall is a guy who also lived a full life, Jim, who worked for IBM, traveling the world, fixing their business machines before they were computers. Uh, across the hall is Glenn, a former commander, retired commander in the U.S. Navy, who at 18 volunteered to go uh, fight um, Hitler and uh, And now he's there. Uh, Down the way is Betty, 1941 beauty queen. uh, And her pictures are still there. And so there's parts of this that are absolutely fabulous because you meet these people, but then when you try to talk to them about their memories, you realize why they're in memory care because uh, they really don't actually remember a whole lot of it. But their kids tell you about it when they come uh, to visit. Uh, But on the day when my dad couldn't remember who I was, Uh, That was a hard day for me, and uh, it's already happened to my mom and uh, my sister, but it hadn't happened to me yet. And I thought, for some reason, I was special, and I was winning my dad's memory lottery, and took him all day to try to figure out who I was. And I went, I went back to the house just sobered, and you know, I just, I'm not there yet with uh, the Apostle Paul. You know, Paul before he died, he was taunting death. First Corinthians 15. "Oh death, where is your victory? "Oh death, Where is your sting?" he said. But I'm not there quite yet. Stings a lot, actually, uh, sobered with the inevitability, not of my father's death, but uh, I'm behind him by 25 years. And uh, so you know, no matter if you're 87 or 27, death comes way too soon. And uh, when you're younger, you, you avoid these thoughts. But as we get older, you can't, and our own mortality uh, becomes more and more evident uh, because in the end, we all die. And most of us push back hard on that at some point with exercise and diet, uh, but then we just uh, die healthier. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. My dad doesn't fear death at all. Uh, He talks about heaven with a longing in his voice. His life has become so small now. And the, 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 the heaven that my dad preached about for 50 years is so expansive. He's a true believer. It has been since he was a teenager. And he's the one that taught me that the death of Christ was a real event that had an effect on my life and the resurrection of Christ was so that I could also have life. He believed it. Uh, He's the one that taught me that, yes, death appeared to win on that Friday afternoon, but appearances can be deceiving uh, because the story doesn't end on Friday. We're not on Friday today. We're on Sunday morning where uh, Christ's disciples woke up Sunday morning, not with the joy that you had in your heart, uh, but with uh, extreme uh, grief. And, you know, they woke up with If you've ever lost a loved one, and you're sleeping, and in your sleep you're not remembering it, and then you wake up, and then you remember what, what life holds for you and how hard it is for you to get through a day while you're, you're grieving. That's how the disciples were. They were not only grieving, they were confused. Uh, they felt that Jesus was gonna take them to another place, kingdom-wise, as far as Israel was concerned, and he was gone now. And he had cried out, it is finished from the Roman cross, and they would have even interpreted that statement wrong because the world had come crashing down around them. Uh, it would have been the most dark, hopeless Sunday morning of their life. Even though Isaiah had, had, had said that uh, uh, Messiah, you know, Isaiah describes a crucifixion in Isaiah 53, 700 years before uh, it happened and, and hundreds of years before the Romans had taken this up as a way to execute people uh john the baptist had called jesus the perfect lamb of god which takes away the sins of the world and the only way that a lamb takes away the sins of the world is by being slain Uh, jesus himself had told them over and over when we get to jerusalem this time it's going to be hard and i'm going to be arrested and i will be beaten and i will be crucified but i'll rise again on the third day but now is the third day and none of the disciples woke up saying well it's the third day so uh, it's going to get good from here um they hadn't it just hadn't uh, registered. But soon it will. It's Sunday morning. The women are on the way to the tomb. Uh, they're going to uh, somehow get past that stone and take care of the body of Jesus and prepare it for, 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 for burial there. And, uh, but when they arrived, the stone had been flung away like a, 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 rock, a small rock, and uh, the, Jesus' body wasn't there. There were angels there. There was light emanating Uh, From the tomb, and the angels told them, He's not here. He's risen, just like He said. Go tell the disciples. The women ran to tell the disciples. The disciples came, discovered that Jesus was not there. The disciples left. Mary Magdalene lingered, and as you know, she was the first one to speak to the risen Christ. Later that day, there was two men walking away from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem, and these were disciples of Christ that had spent Passover and were very aware of all that had happened, and they're walking along just in their grief, talking about all of it, trying to make sense of it, when a stranger joined them and started walking with them. The stranger was actually Jesus himself, but they didn't recognize him. He's walking and listening, and finally he says, what is it you guys are talking about? And they said... We're talking about Jesus of Nazareth that was crucified, and we, he was our, our leader, our rabbi. We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was going to, to, to rescue Israel, and now he's dead. And then, and then to add insult to injury, someone has taken his body. The women uh, were there at the tomb. The disciples were there, and his body is nowhere to be found. So we just, we just left town. Jesus stopped him and said, man, you guys, uh, you guys need to read your Bibles What are you talking about? Well, did, doesn't the, the scripture say that Messiah would suffer? Uh, I think, he, G, you know, this guy, Jesus, might be your Messiah. And they, they had, couldn't make any sense of what the stranger was saying. But when they got to Emmaus, it was, uh, starting, it was late in the afternoon, and Jesus was going to go on to the next village. And they said, no, 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 you, you stay with us. It's, you, you won't make it before dark, and you shouldn't be out on the road. Uh, so he went in with them, and he was sharing a meal, and it says as he broke the bread before the meal. They recognized him. It was the Lord Jesus, and he was alive. And just as soon as they recognized him, he disappeared. And they jumped up from that table, probably didn't even pay their bill. They just took off, and it says they ran all the way back to to Jerusalem to find the disciples, to tell them. By the time they got back to Jerusalem, they found the disciples all gathered, but the disciples were not in a somber mood now. They were, they were excited. Uh, the, the women had seen Jesus. Uh, Peter had spoken to Jesus. It, 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 was, it was becoming real to them. Jesus was alive. And they were all just kind of in this room having this, uh, sharing their experiences with the resurrected Christ when all of a sudden he was in their midst. He was standing there. Peace, he said, uh, which is crazy. Uh, They just, uh, what, he's here now? And of course, the ones who hadn't seen him yet thought he was a ghost, so he had to convince them that he wasn't uh, a ghost. And then he started what became 40 days of explaining scriptures to them and re-explaining everything that he had already taught them, now in context of the resurrection and everything changed for these men and these women, like everything changes for us when we first see Jesus as the resurrected God. Not as somebody that religion presents as a good moral figure or even a prophet, but but as the very son of God who died in our place and then rose again so that we could live. That's the thing, you know, Jesus not only lived, he he lives, and there's a big difference between those words. Uh, He did live, but there are people who don't follow him that actually believe he was a historical figure. But the fact that he lives today, that's the crucial piece of the whole thing, that he died on a Friday and was very dead. And before his death, even in Gethsemane, as we learned on Good Friday, he began to take the sins of the world on his shoulders, crying out, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, this is too hard, this is too much. God did not respond, and then the plan continued, and Jesus went to the cross with our sins, But then as he died, he took our sins to hell with him, and he left them there. He rose again on a Sunday, opening the doorway for us, now cleansed from our sins to enter into eternal life. His death not only paid the penalty for our sins, his return from death proved that he succeeded. If you could just get that sentence in your mind, you can explain to your relatives who are joining you later today, who decided not to join you in church, why it is you're so happy on Easter. It's not because the meal is good. It's not because the family's together. It's not because uh, a big bunny uh, dumped Easter eggs somehow all over your lawn. Uh, All of those things are really great and really fun. But we're the Easter people. And the reason we're so happy on Easter is that we actually have something to celebrate, that we are not going to have to pay for the things that we did in this life that we are not going to have to answer to God for our sins. And the day of justice will roll down, and we will stand before God. But in that moment, Jesus will say, Father, these are mine. And we will enter into God's presence, not because we deserve it, but because we've been given the gift of eternal life. And when Jesus rose from the dead, his death proved that what he was saying, his, his return from death proved that what he was saying uh, was true he had succeeded in killing death changing everything for anyone who believes that that Christ not only lived but he yes, yes that's right you believe what I'm saying yeah. you know I think it's so awesome that when you say the blessing over your meal today you're going to be speaking to the resurrected Christ you're speaking to a God who's alive you're not bowing your head and doing some kind of religious ritual so you can get on with it, so you can get on with the day. You were addressing the Son of God who, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is right there with you at that meal. So I, if I was me, I would use that opportunity to preach a little in my prayer. You know, you can preach during a prayer. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for sending Jesus his son, and uh, Uncle Tony's going to figure that out at some point. <laughs> Our religion is Jesus. Our religion is a person. Christ Jesus himself, who promised he would suffer the penalty for our sin and die on our behalf and then return to life. And on that first Easter weekend, he kept his promise. And when he be death, we be death. The New Testament clearly teaches that if we will only place our faith in him, in who he is and in what he did, we will be washed clean of the filth of sin and we will live eternally with him and we will gather with all those who have gone before us. My grandma Hannah is there. I can't wait to see her again. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, Brenda's dad, Ron, who's there with his mother, Grandma Rosie. I can't wait to see those who have gone before us. I can't wait to meet the Apostle Paul and Mary Magdalene and to see the face of my Lord Jesus. How do you feel about that? Is that exciting to you? How many of you lost loved ones in the last year or two, and you know they're in heaven waiting for you? And how many of you are excited for Easter The reality of Easter is you will see them again. Say that with me. We will see them again. Christians are Easter people. We're free from condemnation. We're already eternally alive. You know, that's the thing is we already have eternal life. We're not waiting for eternal life. We already have it. We're living in eternity right now. We base everything in this life on the fact that we've got nothing to lose. We are already eternal beings. We're already immortal. When his death secured our pardon and his resurrection gave us eternal life, it gave it to us now. And this changes everything for those who choose to believe. Paul writes about this in his letter to the Colossians when he says, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and did condemn us. But he's taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the evil powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The very enemies of God, visible and invisible, were trying to make a public spectacle of Jesus himself. Roman crucifixion is designed to humiliate you as it kills you. But Jesus was already winning the battle as they were nailing him to the cross. And after suffering on our behalf, paying our much-deserved penalty, he took it one step further. He killed death. Say that with me. He killed death. That's what he said to the apostle John. Fear not. I'm the first. I'm the last. And I'm the living one. Yeah, I died. And now I'm alive. I took the keys of death. What appeared to be a shameful death, a humiliating end for Jesus of Nazareth, was just the beginning as a battle was being fought and then won by Sunday morning. And in this battle, Jesus took the power of sin away from us. Jesus took the power of sin. Sin has no power over you. And temptation is still a very strong thing, even for Christians. And those of you who are new to the faith, one of the biggest surprises you have is that you're still tempted. You thought that was going to go away, didn't you? Well, it doesn't. Temptation is powerful and strong, and you will stumble from time to time. But Jesus actually has provided you a way through so that you don't have to sin anymore. But if you choose to make that mistake, now he's provided grace and forgiveness and you go right back to that cross and you say, Jesus, I blew it and I'm sorry and I confess that sin and I repent of that sin. And he says, that's all I needed to hear, I believe you. Now you need to believe me that you are forgiven and there is no condemnation, there is no shame and do not let that accuser, the devil, bring you down, especially on Easter Sunday morning, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Not I bring you resurrection, I am, the re- I exist as life. He who believes in me will live and never die. You will never die. Your body will fail you at some point. It happens to all of us. But you will not even lose consciousness. Those around you will grieve and you will not. Because you will be entering into the presence of the only God in the only place where there is no sickness and no pain and no need for doctors and no need for for psychiatrists and no need for anyone to put your life back together. You will be put back together by the eternal God, the great physician, the healer of our souls, the comforter of all people. And you will be with him eternally in a location where Satan is not permitted to tempt you or make you sick. So that should remove your fear. And with fear removed, you're free to live your life now. You're free to to take risk and move into your God-given purpose. Like the first disciples who, you know, on Friday, they fled in terror. But by Sunday, they were regrouping around the resurrected Christ. He was right there with them, encouraging them. One of those people that was there was Jesus' brother, James, and he was trying to make sense of all this, the death of Christ, and, and his, his, his mom was grieving, and, you know, we just finished this study in the book of James, and one thing that we talked about was that when Jesus was on the earth as, as a, a rabbi, his brothers and sisters were nowhere to be found. They thought he had, uh, it was crazy. They thought he was deluded. Uh, uh, a great rabbi, but boy, he had developed quite a Messiah complex And um, he was an embarrassment to his siblings. But then on Resurrection Sunday, Jesus hunted James down. And not to say, I told you so, like a big brother might do, but just to offer him grace and the opportunity now to follow him. It would have been crazy for James to say, wait a minute. So this is really true. I, I I know that's you, Jesus. And I know that you died. And Jesus said, yeah, I died, James, but I really am more than the son of Mary and Joseph. And I know that growing up together, uh, this would be crazy news for you. But I'm the son of the living God. And James, you know, he's a black and white kind of guy. He would have immediately said, well, I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I didn't. But how hard would that be if your brother turned out to be the son of God and the savior of the world? I mean, how many of you have a big brother? Okay, so you know what I'm saying. Actually, James becoming the great leader in the church after growing up in the household with Jesus becomes one of the greatest testimonies to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Jesus had killed death. And when Jesus killed death, then life for us becomes much more than 90 years and then out. Because Jesus lives, our death is, is actually a good thing. It's, it's, it, it can be a painful thing. It could take a long time. But at the end of the day, we'll be with Him. And once we believe this, everything changes because we, we begin to lose our fear of death. And, 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 and you know, Jesus not only promised uh, life after death, He promised life after fear. Fear can be such a curse if it holds us back from really living our lives, from taking the risks we were destined to take by defeating death for us, Jesus has loved us perfectly. And perfect love casts out all fear. Freedom from the fear of death is freedom to really live. This changes everything because Jesus killed death, you can have a life that's better just a life of constant playing it safe and risk aversion. You can really live, you can be changed, like those original Christians were changed practically overnight. Uh, This little band of fearful Friday followers became powerful and unstoppable and really fearless. Remember, this was the same group then that later went out on the streets of Jerusalem and preached to the same crowd that had cried out, crucify him, offering those very same people grace and forgiveness without fear of what those people would do to them, and you can become like them. When a, per- a person loses their fear of dying, they, they, they start to live. People, start living. You have permission to live today. You have permission to celebrate. You have permission to enter into the best life. You have permission to enter into joy and to stop worrying so much and stop being f- afraid You have permission to move forward into life. You have nothing to lose. Believe Jesus and live like you really believe that he promised you life after death and life before death. It was Jesus who said, I have come to give you an abundant and full life. And when he said that, he was thinking of you. That's what he wants from you. He was thinking of your daily life, and how leaning into a resurrection mindset can really change how frantically we live this life. We live this life in a much more peaceful way because this life is just the beginning of life for us. So we don't have to, 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 to be worried, we don't have to grab, we don't have to, to, to step on other people on our way to the top, we can let others go first. We can, because we have all the time in the world, we are going to live until time is no more. So Christians can be the people that take their foot off the accelerator and say, I'm gonna enjoy this moment right now as a gift from God. And that's why we celebrate Easter every year just to remind us ourselves of this and to encourage each other. And there's one more reason we gather and that is to challenge anyone at the edge of this pool to go ahead and jump in. Every Easter, People come who are, are still on that fence, and it's, it's a wonderful thing that you did. You came to church, and some of you have been here before, and you know what I'm about to do. I want to challenge you to make this Easter the Easter that you became a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ instead of someone who's just kind of interested. What would you lose today if you joined us and begin to call yourself a believer? What if you said, from now on, I believe that the death of Christ was for me? I need someone to cover me on that day of justice in the end of all days. And I believe that the resurrection of Christ guarantees my eternal life. What if you'd made that decision to receive that? You know, Christ can roll away all your questions and all your fears and all your anxieties as easily as he rolled that stone away. You could celebrate Easter in a big way if you would stop resisting the Holy Spirit who drew you to this place in the first place. You could become a Christ follower today. Then you could celebrate what Paul wrote to the believers when he said to us, if God is for us, who's against us? Who can accuse us? Who can condemn us? We have Christ who is raised from death and is at the right hand of God interceding for us. You know, who, who can separate us from the love of Christ, Paul says? Let me think. Can affliction, anguish, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger? No. In all these things, we are more than victorious through Him who loved us. Uh, For I'm persuaded, he says, that not even death or life or angels or rulers or things present or things to come or hostile powers or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, Christ did everything but make the decision for you. Christ did all the heavy lifting. All you have to do is tell yourself to stop resisting him and enter into eternal life. It's crazy that people come right up to this offer and then reject it. Maybe they don't trust it, maybe, and they're, they're, for whatever reason. And I'm not saying you're crazy, I'm saying it's crazy. You're just being dumb. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm not. But it's true, every year, and it's been happening all weekend, every year people come to to our services, and some of them don't know the appeal that I'm going to make, but a lot of them are hoping that I will make this appeal where I will allow you to stand in public and give you the opportunity to stand for people to, around you to, to support your decision where you say publicly, I've decided to follow Christ. For some of you, it's because you used to follow after Christ, but you've, you, you, you became uh, what the Bible calls a prodigal. And you've been far, but now you're home. For some of you, it's, it's the first time that, 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 that but you've been, you've been leading up this process. You, you know you have for quite a while. For some of you, this is coming on very sudden. And But what you're feeling is, is the, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit that you need to let God make things right between you and him. There is nothing you can do to make things right between you and God except receive what he already did for you. And we're going to give you that opportunity now. Christians, let's join hands and let's pray for those that are about to stand. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, give courage to those who are ready to follow after you. Whether they're in this room or in one of the other rooms in this building, or even watching online, I pray that right now, things would get very serious between you and them. As they take inventory of their life and realize that they have not done enough good works to guarantee their place in heaven. And they have done enough other things. Lord, that they need your grace and your mercy. They need forgiveness. They need to accept the work you did on that cross where you paid the penalty for their sin if they would only accept that as their payment. Lord, I pray for all of us to, to truly believe that your resurrection, your defeat of death, means that we have defeated death, so that we can enter into life even now. But Lord, not everyone receives eternal life. The Bible is very clear that it has to be believed, it has to be received, it has to be confessed. So for those now that are getting ready to publicly confess their faith in Jesus Christ and enter into the body of Christ, Give them a boldness to stand for you in Christ's name. And everyone shouted, amen. All right, it's time. If there are any of you that are here that want to make a public confession of faith by standing, this is your opportunity. Stand up and tell this group of people that you have decided to follow Jesus. Let's see who you are. Thank you, God. We thank you for new life, and we pray for these that uh, are standing, uh, for for whatever battles they've had to fight to get to this place. We pray that they would feel victorious right now. And Lord, for those that are prodigals, that have come home, help them to feel welcome, not judged, not condemned. Not that they have to work their way back, but all they have to do is walk in, and there you are with a ring and a robe and and a feast for them. And Father, we pray for those that, that this is the first time they've ever experienced anything like this and here they are, they've, they've stood in this room and now it's, they need to be discipled and, and cared for. Some of them will have to walk away from influences that are bad and that even includes some people that are not good for them right now. There may be loneliness attached to that. We pray, Lord, that we would be a welcoming and warm family, that we would come around them with all the resources that we have in you Go with us all now into our Easter celebrations, and Lord, help us to lead the way by sharing why it is we're so happy. What is giving us this joy at Easter is the death and resurrection of your only son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen.